Olympia is a film about being an adult, but also questions what that even means. A coming-of-age film for those in their late 20s, Olympia looks at the changes we all face when changes won't get out of our face. Joining me in the studio is the star of the film, Mackenzie Chin, and its director, Greg Dixon. Welcome to Vocalo, y'all. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm uh, very excited about this. This is the kind of movie that I wish existed when I was about to turn 30. Instead, I had a nervous breakdown. On my 30th birthday, I had just gotten fired. I had just moved apartments and uh, had no real direction. And I feel as though uh, your character, Olympia McKenzie, is facing similar plights in her life. Absolutely where she is. And I think where a lot of people around that age find themselves, right? Like at this uh, turning point, which I think is relatively arbitrary. But I think for a lot of people in our generation, it feels like that's the moment where you're like, okay, I've in my 20s, I've been as much of an adult as I want to be, but now I actually have to start figuring out what that actually means and moving in a direction in my life, like an actual real direction. People have, uh, all of a sudden, when you find yourself at like 27 or so, you find yourself on the receiving end of other people's expectations in a way that you weren't for a very long time. And it really can take its toll on you, Greg. Is this something that you related to when you uh, took this film on? Absolutely. I think our generation may have in, invented the term quarter-life crisis, right? <laughs> We're just adding another one in, in the books. And I think when Mackenzie first approached me with the script, I was about 28. So transitioning into that 30 and beyond, and, you know, I, we hit all the milestones in the script in real life at, right along at the same time. Yeah, I think in the process of making the movie, I think we've both moved multiple times. We've been we've ended relationships and started new ones, yep. started new jobs. It's We've kind of lived the trajectory that Olympia experiences in a very short amount of time. Right. <laughs> well, as of press time right now, here are the things that millennials have killed in this murder spree that y'all are on. Bar soap, diamonds, buffalo wild wings, stiletto heels, democracy, and as of yesterday, American cheese. Y'all killed American cheese. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay with all of these things. Say, how do you feel like uh, being serial killers? One of the other things I think we've killed is uh, napkins, like paper napkins. Yeah, and straws. Don't forget straws. straws. Yes. Um, I feel fine about all those things. Um, Well, I just think it's a part of how we've adapted to a very new world, which is shaped, I think, by a very different economy, right? I think we had the recession in like 2007, 2008, which fundamentally changed how our economy works. And so suddenly all of those mile markers for adulthood, like buying a house or having the same career for 20 or 30 years kind of went out the window. Mm -hmm. I think for people in our generation, when I hear somebody who's had the same job for eight years, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's a long time. And I think we've just really adapted, right? We've our our lifestyles have changed to fit the fact that, you know, a lot of us uh, can't afford to buy property in the same way that previous generations had. And I think we've done a really good job. And I think we've, we're also just aware. I think there's just a greater awareness of the world that we live in, right? And what effect we have on the world around us. And I think that's something that's more important to our generation than previous generations. And I think we strive to um, kind of lessen uh, our, our negative impact on the world around us. And I think along with putting off marriage and or not getting married at all, I think I've read recently, we're also killing divorce. So 
I mean, go us, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are getting married later, mm-hmm. thinking more critically about entering into that institution as opposed to just like, you know, previous generations. You, you, you're out of high school. OK, we'll have some kids. Go ahead, get married and just see what happens, I yeah. guess. And I think that's really echoed strongly in Olympia. I think one of the things that I really love about the story that that we achieved is that um, there's all these forces around her saying you have to do one thing or the other. And I think she really comes to realize that she has to figure out how to stand on her own two feet on her own terms before succumbing to the expectations of others. I want to read you something that I came across on the internet yesterday. A woman on a Twitter who's Twitter handle I can't quite make out in the screenshot. She's a sociology student, and she says uh, about being a millennial and uh, the the expectations uh, placed upon you. She says, I strongly suspect that a significant percentage of us are struggling with the fact that many of the benchmarks for different stages of adulthood that we grew up with no longer apply to us, and it's causing us to feel unmoored. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get married. A lot of us aren't getting married. You're supposed to have kids. A lot of us aren't doing that. You're supposed to get past college and get a quote-unquote real job, and that's not happening. Adults are supposed to stop playing with toys or at least switch to different toys like tools <laughs> and cars and boats, and uh, that ain't happening either. So now you've got this entire generation of folks caught between uh, what their parents think adulthood should look like Mm -hmm. and what in practice it actually looks like. And I think that this film is is doing a great job of exploring that. Did you as actors have a lot of input in in these experiences? Once you got the script in your hand, were you allowed to like fold it to uh, kind of match what it is that you were going through in real life? Um, Well, having written the script, I knew that um, a a big element was learning how to define adulthood for oneself without having to feel like it had to match a previous generation's idea of what that is. Uh, So it was very purposeful that Olympia's kind of passion and what she strives to do is rooted in visual art, right? She's an illustrator, which I think a lot, like almost every kid I know grew up drawing, right? You get get crayons, Mm -hmm. you get markers, you get a piece of paper, and you just start drawing you just like put your imagination down on paper. And then slowly as we get older, we move away from those impulses. And yet you have this grown woman who still makes that time to you know put, commit her imagination, her very colorful imagination to paper. So that is very purposeful, right? This kind of childlike um, interest, but that she's trying to like make it a really full, um, vital part of her life and struggling to do so because mm-hmm. of the pressures of the world we live in, right? The pressure to make money and to achieve and do all of those things. And very brilliantly, Greg had the idea of wanting to incorporate animation into the actual film itself, um, which I think it was just a beautiful illustration of that element. No pun intended. Uh, um, But we also, I mean, I think that element also helps us understand uh, Olympia's inner workings, right? We get to see this um, medium that she occupies herself with, but also we get to understand her through that element played out visually in the movie. I want to talk about this cast, which uh, is is so great to see. It's a primarily POC cast, which is amazing. But the way that the the movie seems to present itself doesn't make their blackness or their brownness the central theme of the movie. You've got a, a, a black movie that's not mm-hmm. a quote unquote black movie. Was that very purposeful? And how important was this for you while writing? Oh, my gosh, that was incredibly purposeful. Like when I wake up, right, I wake up and I'm black. 
Yeah. But I don't wake up thinking, okay, time to start my very black day. Do you know what I mean? Well, like on Sundays sometimes. <laughs> Just on Sundays, truly. <laughs> and in certain company. Um, but for the most part, right, we as black people and as people of color, we go about our day just like any other human being on earth. Obviously, we have, living in America, we have challenges that other people don't have. But that doesn't stop us from striving and failing and being flawed and falling in love and changing our mind and all these other things that we get to see white people do so freely and so easily without any commentary about that part of their identity, right? So it was really important that the film reflects the world that I perceive, right? Like, most of my friends are um, people of color, right? I have a very diverse friend group, and not just um, racial diversity, right? I have uh, friends who are different ages, different levels of able-bodiedness, different sexualities, different genders. Uh, And I think that is becoming a more and more common experience for people in my generation, people in urban areas, and also people outside of urban areas. Mm -hmm. And I think... um, I think it's very unfair that so much media we see that features people of color forces those people to be in narratives that are mired in racial trauma and racial stereotype. Obviously, those stories are part of our history, but they're not the totality of our stories. And I think we should be able to have romantic stories and we should be able to have comedies. Um, You know, I mean, Kevin Hart is awesome, Mm -hmm. right? Love Kevin Hart, love Tiffany Haddish, but we can, um, I think we can live in uh, different genres that have a variety of tones. Uh, And I think that's what I'm really interested in doing. Like like I said, I'm black all day long. I'm a woman all day long. I'm a millennial, uh, all of those things. But I want to be able to expand what that means. I want us to, when we think about what a black movie is, I don't want um, the definition of that to be as narrow as it is right now. I think that's part of liberation, right? That's part of being free to just get to just not think about being black for a second and just live your life. That is a privilege that so many of us do not have. And, uh, you know, this dude must have been real trustworthy for you to to put this black ass cast in his hands. Greg is very down. I mean, we've been friends for a long time and and worked together on other projects. So, you know, that familiarity and that trust was already there. But everything you mentioned, thank you for saying that, by the way. But it was all in the screenplay before I even got my hands on it. I mean, one of the beautiful things about the script is anyone could have played Olympia, male or female, I think. Um, And it could have taken place anywhere. I mean, it's such a generational story that so many of us relate to. I want to talk about the location, uh, Chicago playwright and mutual friend Ike Holter earlier this week posted about how important it is to him that he set his work in Chicago, uh, about how, you know, you can't throw a rock at a a movie marquee and not hit something that takes place in New York. Mm -hmm. And now we learn more about New York. Like I know about boroughs that I've never been to just because of these films, but he wants to help contribute to a more accurate narrative about Chicago. Was was that on your mind as you scouted locations for the film? I'm a Chicago transplant. I'm originally from upstate New York. Mackenzie's a transplant as well. Um, and Chicago has become home for us. I think we've both fallen in love with the city. Um, and how many times have you seen a romantic comedy set in New York where they're like, New York is the third character in the movie? That's how Harry met Sally <laughs> yeah. and also New York. And I, I love those movies. I'm a New Yorker. But I mean, now I'm a Chicagoan and, and we want to we want to spread that out here and 
and and show people what Chicago really is. Because, you know, Chicago gets a bad rap from the outside. So, you know, we want to show the true Chicago, what it means to us. And I think Chicago means so much to Chicagoans. It has such a strong identity. I think online the other day I saw someone posting something that said, I wish I loved anything as much as Chicagoans love Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. Um, I wish that for all people. But I think I was really in love with the idea of really just – letting Chicago like live and breathe in this story, right? Without it kind of being something we have to hit people over the head with. Mm-hmm. It just being a truth about uh, how these people move about their lives, right? What it is to just commute on the CTA, what it is to just take your lunch on the steps of the Riverwalk, um, how these things are just integral parts of the lives of people who inhabit the city. Um, and to allow us to kind of live in the story of Chicago beyond what the media wants us to hear outside of Chicago, which is just like, you know, violence and gangsters and and all of these things, right? I um, really appreciate that uh, that you've you've made our city look so good and uh, you've made this romantic comedy because, like you said, uh, we we get romances. We get, you know, love Jones, love and basketball, poetic justice. We get uh, (laughs) any number of those things. But a romantic comedy is something different. Uh, You know, when we get romantic comedies... The first people that probably pop in your head are like Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, uh, nothing against them. They're very nice. Uh, but you don't often get them with uh, with brown folks uh, and these special circumstances that come with dating while brown. And I, I like to see that. I like to see love and laughs happen uh, with brown folks because it, it makes it seem normal to people. We're, we're out here just loving and laughing. Right. Just like anybody, which is still boggles my mind that this is news to people, yeah. you know, that um, that we can be as zany and, like, and flighty uh, and, and again, as flawed as as anybody else. It was really fun to play a character. For instance, OK, I think black women uh, in, in media, we often get stuck into playing strong black women. Yeah. Right. We're strong, long suffering, carry the whole world on our back type people. And uh, I think that's very true of that demographic. Um, but it's again, it's not the whole story. Like we it was so much fun to play a character who was flighty and sometimes <laughs> flaky and um, self-centered uh, and who, despite all of those things, is still deserving of love. I'm so uh, <coughs> proud of and happy for the both of you. I can't wait to see the whole film, but let's tell the folks how they can find out more about it. You can go to cowlampfilms.com slash Olympia. The Chicago International Film Fest is happening right now, and uh, you've got three chances to see it at uh, the festival, so go to chicagofilmfestival.org. <laughs> 